What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. The light bulbs are going off in my head. <laughs> this is like deep. I just haven't thought of it that way. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. All this time I've been going to church, this never resonated with me. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome to Transformed. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford, and today we're going to be talking about listening to understand. Last episode, we talked through the importance of your words. Where do they come from? Why do they really matter? How is it that Jesus can say, you will give an account for every careless word that you speak? Well, today I want to talk about kind of the next principle of biblical communication, which is that of listening. So grab your Bible, go over to James chapter 1 with me. And let's talk through how listening is a key ingredient of your communication. Now, listening is something that we all do. It just may be something that we're not all great at doing. You see, because you and I listen, you're listening right now. You listen to the news. You listen to music. You listen to a friend talk. You listen to many things throughout the day. But have you ever stopped to think carefully about what is the point of listening? You see, we take different postures in listening. Some of us are listening to gain facts. Uh, some of us are listening to be entertained, an audio book, something like that. In conversation, at times we're listening because we, we genuinely value that person and we want to take interest in what they're saying and understand what they're saying. Other times we're not doing that. We're just listening because they're talking. And by listening, we mean we're really just being quiet and not talking, but we're not paying a whole lot of attention. Maybe you've been guilty of this where you're multitasking and someone says, hey, are you listening to me right now? Uh, kind of, maybe. So what is it that we are supposed to be doing when we are not talking and someone else is speaking to us? That's what I would like to address today. And James is one of the clearest examples of how we listen, why we listen, what is the point of listening? So James chapter 1, I'd like to read verse 19 for us. It says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Okay, let's, let's talk this through for a second. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Perhaps you've heard that many times, that we have this this interaction with others and at times we feel a compulsion to fill the void with words or to keep the conversation going by just volunteering more and more information. Uh, some of us get nervous and we get chatty and we know that and maybe don't appreciate that about ourselves that we're not totally comfortable with silence in conversation. Well verse 19 says let every person be quick to hear. The goal of your listening is to hear to not just audibly be able to receive the sounds that they are producing, but to understand what's taking place. Secondarily, to be slow to speak. To listen first. To let your interaction first be about how can I understand and hear what this individual is saying. And then secondarily, to speak. But to speak less. To be slow to speak. Proverbs 10.19 is going to say that where words are many, transgression is not lacking. 
I find that at times if I'm chatty or if I'm interacting with someone in the counseling process and they're just chatty, they have to fill the void with uh, some type of word or story or that just keeps going, uh, then the reality is that I'm, I'm failing to be slow to speak or they are failing to be slow to speak. You see, when we are quick to hear, we're actually pausing and reflecting on what was just said. And when we're quick to hear, I'm not just audibly receiving it, I'm processing and doing my best to decipher what is being said. And then the result of that is to be slow to anger. And verse 20 talks about the anger of man as not being the same as the anger of the Lord. It doesn't accomplish God's righteous anger. In a different episode, I'll have to share at some point the connection between your communication and your anger. But let me just say it summarily here that those that are the worst listeners are the most angry people because they don't understand and they're not taking time to understand. So everything irritates them. And simply by pausing and listening and asking more questions and seeking to understand, they would be tempted towards less anger. So they assume a lot, those that are poor listeners. And as you're hearing this, you may say, oh no, Oh no, Dr. Gifford, like I, I do struggle to be angry or frustrated at everyone. Well, maybe the reality is that you don't listen to understand and that's what makes you angry all the time. So let me continue to tease out listening to understand. If you have your Bible still, go back over to Proverbs 14. You see, understanding and hearing is the goal, not just pausing for a person to be able to say what they need to say. I'm listening to understand, and when I am understanding, Proverbs 14 verse 29 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Again, there's that similar connotation between anger and understanding, anger and listening. When you listen to understand, you grow in understanding, and you are less tempted to be angry. And it is that person who has great understanding, according to Proverbs 14.29, that is slow to anger. So here's the, here's the point. Hopefully you're getting it by now. The goal of your listening is to genuinely understand what the other person is saying. Now let me offer some negative goals or negative reasons why I listen. Sometimes I listen just because I want to find whatever word you misuse and then I want to use it against you. Aha! But that's not what you said. That's lawyer Gifford that comes out. And that attorney Gifford that lives deep within me, he doesn't want to understand you. He wants to find the word that you used, nitpick it, and then weaponize it against you. That's not listening. to me. There are times when my wife will say something to the effect of, hey, Greg, you never take the trash out. And attorney Gifford comes out and he says, well, that's technically not true. You see, three weeks ago on a Tuesday morning at about 11 a.m., I took the trash out, so thus you are wrong. But that's not what my wife is saying. And you see, Attorney Gifford may win that, that argument, quote-unquote, but I have just been a terrible listener. There's the counter-attacker that lives within all of us. I'm saying attorney or lawyer, but counter-attacker because we're not genuinely wanting to understand we're wanting to find that word, weaponize it, and use it against you. Other reasons why we listen are simply to just take a break from speaking. 
but I'm not intently taking note of what you're saying. I'm just not talking and you're talking and I'm most likely staring at you, although I may look at my Apple watch or my phone really quickly. So I'm, I'm not really listening to understand. I'm just listening and uh, you're speaking and I might zone out and have my own thought for a few minutes in my mind and then boom, I'm back, hopefully in time where it's not awkward between us. There are those that would listen simply for the fact of they don't want to speak. Uh, this individual is often the quieter type, but they're not necessarily listening to understand. They're listening because they don't like talking. That's obviously a, a different type of problem when we talk about the principles of communication where you do have to actually speak words that are building up. I'll address how there is a command to speak, but just because I'm quiet because I don't like to talk doesn't necessarily mean that I'm listening to understand you. Uh, how are you doing today? Good. No, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Nothing. Okay, well, any big things this week? No, not really. All right, conversation is done. You know, just because a person is quiet doesn't necessarily mean that they're listening to understand. I also find that there are those that are listening but in the listening, they're not necessarily there to counterattack, to just be quiet. They're tired of talking, so they're letting you talk. There are those that are listening, but they're now going to make whatever you're talking about what they want to talk about. So they're listening to jump in with their story. Now they're listening to jump in with their weekend. They're listening and, oh, yeah, you went to the beach. Let me tell you about what happened at the beach the other day for me. Oh yeah, that work problem was bad for you. Let me tell you about what happened for me the other day. Well, I'm not necessarily listening to understand you. I'm listening until you say something interesting to me and then boom, I have my own story and I want to talk about it and share it. And I'm really excited about it, but I don't really necessarily care about what you are saying. You see, in each of those instances, I'm not listening to understand you. Rather, what I'm doing is listening until it strikes me as interesting. I'm listening because I don't want to talk. Or I'm listening to find that word that I can counterattack you with, but in each instance, I'm failing to listen to understand. When I listen to understand, what takes place is I am going to be able to understand you even if you're not expressing yourself in the most eloquent of ways. You see, what happens is when I listen to understand, it's not so much about the words, and words do matter, it's more about the meaning what you're trying to say, what I think you mean by that statement. So let's, let's reorient that statement. When my wife says, hey, Greg, you never take the trash out, attorney Greg doesn't need to come to the stand and say, well, technically on Tuesday, three weeks ago at 11 a.m., rather what I should say is, you know what, I think she means that the trash is full, that she's taken out the past three trash bags, and that I should probably go take this one out. Now I care more about meaning and less about the exact words of what was being said, because I want to understand. I'm listening to understand. We're going to take a short commercial break, and when we come back, I'm going to finish the thought of listening to understand, and how do you do that practically? Masters University offers accredited undergrad, master's, and doctoral degrees in biblical counseling. You can learn more about our in-person or online programs at masters.edu. Masters University also offers over 150 additional programs. 
please visit our website to learn more or come and visit us. We would love to spend a day with you introducing you to Masters University. Are you struggling with anger, lust, OCD, anxiety, depression, or other issues? The Association of Certified Biblical Counselors would love to walk alongside you, listen to your struggles, and walk with you to overcome those issues and to grow you more in Christ's likeness. We would love to be a part of that journey. To find a biblical counselor near you or via Zoom, please visit us at biblicalcounseling.com. Scripture and counseling blends theological wisdom and practical expertise equipping you to counsel others and yourself biblically and powerfully. Get yours today at transform.org. Welcome back to Transform. The Bible would tell us that OCD is not a disorder. It is the fruit of wrong believing and wrong theology. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. talking about listening. I'm sorry, what'd you say? No, yes, listening, listening to understand. You see, in our communication, our words are going to be the next step, but the first step is you and I learning how to be good listeners. James 1.19 has communicated up to this point that we are to be quick to hear and slow to speak. That's not that you're just quick to be able to hear the audible sounds that someone else is producing. It's a great job. You can hear noises, but rather that you're listening and you're listening for the purpose of doing something with that information. I'm listening to understand you. You see, the Bible places an emphasis on being understanding. Proverbs is going to talk about being a person of great understanding and how that begins to affect the way that we get angry. Let's talk about practically speaking what the listen to understand looks like. So when you're listening to understand, we now make meaning the first goal and the words become secondary or ancillary to the task of understanding meaning. I want to understand what you mean when I'm listening to understand. Now, there are those of you that are listening to the, this podcast that you're pretty educated, you're highly educated, and you have these really sweet four-syllable words, anthropomorphism-isk, you know, that you, your vocabulary in all fairness is quite refined. And yet there are others that you know that maybe you're not the most articulate. At times it's frustrating to you when you talk because you can't find that exact word you're looking for. You're thinking to yourself like, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. What's that word I'm looking for? Wherever you're at on the English vocabulary spectrum, the reality is that all of us should be individuals that are listening to understand. And even if I don't feel like I'm the most articulate and can identify that word the best, I'm still an individual who needs to listen to understand and listen for meaning. And if I feel like people aren't as articulated as I am, how smart am I? Dr. Gifford is here. Then the reality is that 
I need to also say, look, just because a person isn't the most articulate doesn't mean that I have license to misunderstand them. My goal is regardless of who is speaking, regardless of their familiarity with the English language, that I can understand the meaning of what they're attempting to communicate. So here are some thoughts about how you do that practically. You see, in counseling, we kind of live or die by our ability to understand what people are saying, regardless of their ability to articulate it. So in counseling, I'm doing my best to hear you, synthesize what you're saying, and then in some way, summarize it. Let me talk about summarizing for a second. Summarizing is where you tell me something, and I'm able to say it back to you in a way that accurately represents what you were talking about. In fact, there are communication exercises that I'll ask couples to do where one person speaks for three minutes and then for the next three minutes, the other spouse will summarize what was just said. And in so doing, you're working on your listening skills. By summarizing what was just said, you're having to pay attention. You're using your own words. You're ensuring that you have encapsulated everything that they've said and you haven't left off important details. To summarize is to say something like, here is what you said, and then I'm putting it back. Uh, here is what you told me. Great. Now, that's not me preparing to counterattack. It's me practicing that skill of understanding what they have said. That's summarizing. But now, there are times whenever you're not only going to summarize, but you're actually going to synthesize what's being said. And you're going to do it something like this. I am going to say, I, whenever I'm speaking with an individual and I'm not totally sure that I understand what they're saying, but I think I understand, I'm going to say something like this. So what I'm hearing you say is, and then I fill in the blank. What I'm hearing you say is this, and then that gives a person the opportunity to say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I might also say something like, so help me understand uh, how come you're telling me or why are you bringing me into this? And at times it's simply because they want me to know or they want me to be apprised of the situation. There are other times where there's an action they would like me to take. Uh, even in family context, there are going to be times with family where I'm thinking, okay, hey, what, what would you like me to do with this information that you've told me? So when we're synthesizing to a certain degree, we're doing our best to say, this is what I'm hearing you say. This is what I'm getting out of what you're telling me. And please correct me if I'm wrong. We create a space then for a person to say, yeah, you got it. Way to go. Way to go. You got it. You're paying attention or no way, man. Like, where were you? Did you zone out halfway through the conversation? Uh, the answer is maybe I did. So I want to ensure that I am tracking what you say. So summarizing, synthesizing by saying, this is what I'm hearing you say. Uh, let me give you this internal measure. Um, you and I have dialogued with individuals who are bad listeners, but maybe they're just very friendly, gregarious people. Let me describe for you some of my experience and let's see if you can resonate with that. At times, I'll interact with a person who's a bad listener because I'll say, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? Oh, it was great. Boom. The train has left the station, folks. There is no... No room for me contributing to this conversation because the train is gone. So what takes place is 10 minutes later, they take a breath and then say, yeah, it was a good weekend. And I'm like, well, hallelujah. I got to go now because it, this was just a, like a, hey, hello, good to see you. 
there is a sense in which we have to internally have some measure for when we are dominating a conversation or when we are being overly quiet in a conversation. Here's what I mean. In different sports, there's going to be a tracking of like who has the ball or what, what was the time of possession for that ball. And in conversation, I want you to see that healthy conversations are those conversations where there's both listening and speaking, that you're doing both in a conversation. So when someone walks up to you and says, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? You're not going to now spend 10 minutes talking to them and then it's like, oh, well, got to go. I'm going to tell you how my weekend was. And then internally, I know that I need to ask you about your weekend so that I can be a good listener. So I'm going to say, yeah, I had a good weekend. Here's what I did this weekend. And then after explaining what I did this weekend, I'm now turning back to say, and what did you do this weekend? A good listener is aware of the fact that if I enter into a conversation and I simply talk the whole time and then the conversation is over with, I'm a bad listener. I have not done a great job at communicating with you. Now, I, I've done a great job of communicating my interest. I've done a great job of communicating what's exciting and new in my life of all the new cool professional things I've been working on or these personal hobbies. I have. Yeah, like you know all about that, but I have not listened to you and I've not listened to understand. When you're talking with somebody and you've just simply dominated the conversation, I do want you to feel a level of conviction that you've been a bad listener. Tisk tisk. Um, and I, I say that somewhat tongue in cheek, but the reality is if you do that enough, you're going to destroy communication around you because over time people don't want to talk to you anymore. I know that when I say, hey, how are you? There it goes. Ten minutes later, you're going to tell me the whole story. And then the reality is you're not going to care about me. There are a few folks in my life that I'll ask how they're doing, how their week went, and they never double back to say, oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? How did your week go? And it deteriorates trust and it, det it deteriorates appreciation over time. So a good listener is not someone who's just quiet. It's not someone who's soft-spoken. A good listener is not someone who is uh, taking a transcription of everything that you said. A, a good listener is a person who is listening to find the meaning of, of the words that you're using. And those principles of summarizing, synthesizing, being mindful of your time of possession are ways to help you be a better listener. So as I finish today's episode, I want to challenge you with a thought. Listening is going to be somewhat like the foundation for all good communication. In fact, no matter how eloquent you might be, if you're a bad listener, you're going to destroy communication. When I go to speak, I can speak eloquent, even biblical and, and words that are edifying. But if I'm a bad listener, I'm still going to frustrate communication in the end because I genuinely don't understand what people are talking about and people feel misunderstood. So listen, listen carefully. <laughs> no pun intended here. Are you ready? You ready to listen to understand? Identify one of these areas where you would like to grow in your listening skills and say, you know what, I'm going to be okay with an awkward silence in my conversation because I'm thinking about what that person just said. Yeah, I'm going to get better at that. Or instead of assuming upon a person, I'm going to say, do you mean that X, Y, and Z? I fell in the blank there. 
Or next time I'm in conversation and someone says, how was your weekend? I'm going to tell them, but then I'm also going to be mindful that that is just one aspect of communication. I need to pause and listen to them and say, hey, how was your weekend? How did that go? Those are going to be practical takeaways. So now we've covered the importance of your word, the role of listening. Next episode, we're going to jump into when we get ready to speak, what is it that we are actually attempting to say? What, what are we trying to accomplish with our words? So let me pray for you as we finish today. Lord, thanks for those that are listening. I, I do pray that as they listen carefully to what's being said, that conviction would take place so that you would be honored in our communication, that other people would be loved in our communication, that they would feel heard and valued, and that as we are better communicators, that it would all resound to your glory and the good of the relationships that we're embedded in. Lord, would you transform us even at the level of how we listen? And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hello, this is Dr. Gifford. Would you please consider supporting our ministry financially so we can continue to bring you transformed? We would love to produce even more programs that show how the Bible can straighten out our crooked thinking and conform us more to the image of Christ. But we can't do that without you. Your financial support will allow us to continue creating Transform to reveal how amazing grace is. If you're interested, you can do that at transformed.org.